Hi, this is Ben Eshmade and welcome to the King's Place podcast. Arms Wide, Head Back, Look Forward is a series of concerts celebrating the power and expressiveness of the human voice. Musician and singer Eliza Carthy, appointed MBE earlier this year for her service to music, has been inspired to curate three concerts which simultaneously look back and forward. She explains more in just a moment. The series, though, kicks off on the 6th of November with Songs for the Voiceless. We speak to BBC Radio 2 Folk Singer of the Year, Bella Hardy, about that. But first, we joined Eliza Carthy, pre-sound check at Cecil Sharp House, to explore the themes and ideas behind it all. We were next to the room where the choir was rehearsing, as you may hear. I was going to start with the title, Arms Wide, Head Back, Look Forward. It's like a set of instructions. (laughs) Yeah, it's like those diagrams that you get for country dancing, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's exactly it. No, that's not it. It's, It's sort of an image that I have in my mind of... Singers who are, who are sort of completely in the moment, the total abandon to the song kind of thing. Uh, without being too touchy-feely about it, I've started to really watch my mum, the way that my mum sings. She's a very expressive and very powerful and very focused singer. Mm. She's, um, she's pretty infirm these days, is my mum, but when she gets on a stage, she completely transforms, you know, and it's like rod of iron with her arms wide and her head back. The look forward part of it is very much to do with with people that because well, I come from a traditional music background, you know, and so it is it is referring to people that either sing traditional music or are inspired by traditional music, and who are sort of not imprisoned by notions of the past, if you like, people that have learned things, profound things from old music, and then are running with it, basically, that they've taken it and they've run with it. So that's where the look forward part of it comes from. Jolly good luck to the girl that loves a soldier. Jolly good luck to the girl that loves a soldier. To those stood waiting hand in hand and those who wait alone. To those who know the inconsolable despair. Let's interrupt Eliza there as we're joined by Bella Hardy, who will explain to me about her involvement with the Songs for the Voiceless project. Well, it was very much out of the blue, really, this one for me. I got an email just from Hannah Bright, who's involved in the uh, arranging of the touring of the project, and Michael Tinker, who's really curating that project, the Songs for the Voiceless project, just saying, we're doing this project for the First World War. Um, It's obviously the centenary, and we want to make an album of, of songs for it. And I hadn't thought about it at all up until that point. And really, for me, it just seemed like a great excuse to go researching and go looking. And they particularly wanted songs from individual people's points of view. So Mm. little stories from the First World War that you could find that you could then write a song based on. So that just seemed intriguing to me, and it seemed like a good excuse to go reading. And I love an excuse to go reading. (laughs) Laura, do not fret, but I lie among What, what did you find then? Yeah, I can tell you what I found, but it doesn't really lead to the end point. It was a very curious process for me because I went reading and I went researching and I really buried myself in it 
we're currently chatting in Cecil Sharp House, and I, I actually went to the library here, the Vaughan Williams Library. I went rummaging around the books here, and I went to the Imperial War Museum. And I kept finding these brilliant stories as starting points, and I would start writing songs about each of them. And about halfway through each song, I would just be totally overwhelmed by the story and by the process, and I, I didn't manage to finish any of them. I found it just too emotional actually and I felt like a bit of an imposter trying myself to get inside of these stories and to convey what they were saying because it was such a big thing it was such a, an overwhelming theme and each story was so powerful so I really felt flummoxed by the whole process and it was in January and I'd been working on it for a couple of months but it was in January that I, I was in the Imperial War Museum and I saw the poster, the, the very uh, famous uh, wartime propaganda poster. It says, women of Britain say go. And I really, at that point, got looking at propaganda and all the things that were being said in this kind of propaganda machine in the First World War. I went back and I looked at the wartime singers, because I've always really loved these big, beautiful female voices. The one I kind of listened to most was Vespa Tilly. Uh, Vespa Tilly was famous before the war. She was a male impersonator and famous in the musical circuits, but um, she was very much involved in the recruitment drive. And I went and listened to her songs. And I listened to a song called Jolly Good Luck to the Girl That Loves a Soldier. And that's a song by, by Vespa Tilly. I really, I was just, just overwhelmed by, again, just this, the propaganda and all the things I read about the White Feather campaign, which is um, a thing whereby men in the street who weren't away at war were disgraced by these white feathers being placed on them. They were marked as cowards. I ended up writing a song that was a reply song to Vespa Tilly's song, and it's also called Jolly Good Luck to the Girl That Loves a Soldier, but it really incorporates all the different stories that I read about that. So instead of writing one song, which was the brief, I'm afraid I somewhat dallied from the brief, and I wrote a song that really encompasses all of the different things I read. So it mentions the White Feather campaign, it mentions uh, Nellie Spindler, who was a, a woman from Wakefield who died at Passchendaele, and, um, and I tried to write a song about her and failed miserably. She gets, I'm afraid, just one line in this song, but uh, in that way, you know, I, I kind of incorporated all these stories. Maria Bochkareva, who was an, just an incredible character. She was a Russian woman who formed the first ever uh, female battalion of fighters. It was called uh, the Battalion of Death. And, and, but she went on, they fought, and she went on to have audiences in America with the president. And uh, just all of these stories that I found really just trying to encompass them into this one song about propaganda and about experience and about the sense of what it was. Mm. That's how I ended up <laughs> There's a very long, long spiel, but that's, that's, it, took a, it took a long time and it took a lot of different things feeding into this one thing to create this one song for me this time. It was the hardest song I've ever written by an absolute mile. The winter wind sang like a ghost A box arrived at Thringston School Bearing the book that caused great... Obviously, you're one of ten, if I've got this right. Um, could you tell me about some of the other nine? Well, I can tell you about the, the different acts of, of... Obviously, this is a, a communal CD. It's uh, lots of people coming together. And we met up in January in the um, Berry Met. And kind of a few of us had a chat about what we were working on and how we could help each other's experiences. It was a really useful uh, meeting for me just for the day to talk to other people about what they were doing and their processes. And the young'uns are on the CD. I love the young'uns. You know, the, the vocal harmonies, oh my God, they're just so 
So it's just lovely to get to listen to them and the songs that they've come up with are so gorgeous and you know, loads of other people, Katrina Gilmore and Jamie Roberts are on there. I just, I think everybody has had to go and find their own roots in and their own ways and, but equally we've all been communicating along the whole process and when we do the gig together at King's Place um, we're going to all be playing on each other's things and I think we're all going to be on stage the whole time just getting to experience it together which is such a treat. I love doing that. I love being on stage with the other musicians and getting to sit back and listen and really be part of other people's music as well so i'm really looking forward to that sounds very reasonable to me so now you've heard our stories lads and each of them is true but the whiz bangs they are shrieking now we must bid you adieu and if we do go west me boys don't you think it is i wanted to sort of maybe touch a little bit more on, on the idea of singing as, as a kind of a, as a physical act. What's it like for you? I mean, how has that changed over the years in regards to singing? It's very much changed for me over the years because I went through about 10 years of really, really struggling with my voice for various reasons. I'm an asthmatic, so I take steroids for my asthma and I have done since I was two years old. And that really, really affected my singing for a long time. Having two kids affected my singing as well because of hormonal changes. Um, change your voice and my voice was already changing with I had a lot of problems with it I had a cyst and a load of polyps underneath the cyst so I've had in the last five years I've had two operations on my throat and a lot of vocal coaching and things like that which has been an experience of reconnecting with singing for me there was a long time where I didn't sing for pleasure at all. So I've rediscovered singing as a, as a physical process and as a pleasurable process as well. Because yeah. for 10 years, it was really, it was almost a process of elimination. It was like the walls were closing in. And being in my body was a very painful thing as far as singing was concerned. And then as far as talking was concerned, and then as far as laughing was concerned. And finally, I was, I was completely silent for almost a year. So Singing for me has become a new country. Um, over the last few years, I've rediscovered the pleasure of watching other people sing as well. And I think, I think in the singers that I've managed to gather around me for this festival, yeah. I'm representing really most of my favourites from, from this country, from this moment. It's a very young list, actually. It's a very young cast. And there are many, many older singers that I really enjoy and that I love to listen to and everything. But for a while, I think the folk scene was, was lacking in singers. And so this is a sort of celebration of the new in some ways. That kind of leads me on to skip to the end, actually, because obviously on the Saturday night, the, the Arms Wide Orchestra, which isn't an orchestra, oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, that, that's the one where we, we are seeing the, the sort of the celebration and you cherry picking some of your, some of your favourites. Yeah, very much so. I've I discovered Olivia Cheney this year, and uh, and I think she just has a really sinuous way about her. I like I like her singing. She's unusual. I like the fact that she's sort of open to to, to all kinds of music. You know. Uh, similarly, Lisa Knapp has a very very interesting way with traditional music, and I enjoy the way she's she's fed that into her own into her own writing. The Devil's Interval, I used to sing with them. Oh, really? So, yeah, they, they came on the road with Waters and Carthy, which is my family band, mm. on a couple of winter tours that we did. We did a couple of big band tours. 
And Waters and Carthy, I come, I come from a singing family. There are not many instrumentalists in my family. It's mostly unaccompanied singers. So we got the three of them in to kind of uh, to, to boost up the shouting, you know. <laughs> not the shouting, but the singing, the harmony part of it. And, uh, and we just discovered a real affinity. Within the three of them, they've all ploughed very interesting and unique solo paths. Jim Causley is a fantastic songwriter. He's, um, and he spent the last few years researching m music and poetry from his family and performing that. Emily Portman is an award-winning songwriter. Uh, Lauren McCormick is a fantastic songwriter. All, all three of them are all doing different things. The first time I encountered them, they were together as a trio, and I'm really delighted to say that they're reuniting and that they're going to come and sing with us. Davok Brady is the son of Dave Brady from Swan Arcade, who died a few years ago. And he, aside from being a family friend, was sort of one of my favourite characters on the folk scene, one of my favourite singers. He had a great way about him, and he used to sing uh, in a band with my parents. So I'm, tr I'm trying to keep the look forward and look back thing theme going through the whole yeah. concert, in that there are family connections there. The material is also very, very family connected for me and for Davok. I'm trying to keep that sort of thread, the golden thread, if you like, with the past and also using people like Olivia and Lisa mm. and Emily as well, also keeping what is happening with the future as well in there too. But then you've got the orchestra on top of that. Uh, so you've got Simon Richmond from the Bays and the Imagine Village who is going to be doing various things with samples and noises and um, I'm hoping different textures. And then Lawrence Hunt uh, from the Modified Toy Orchestra, who's going to come and do various found sound bits and pieces. He's going to record the choir live and play it back to us and things like that. And uh, there's going to be some interesting percussion in there. It's going to be quite immersive as an experience, I think. I just think it's going to be a really, really interesting evening, and I'm really looking forward to. It. I think there's going to be. I think there's going to be a bit of a sing in the room. I think people are going to join in. In the best, in the best kind of way, mm. not in a kind of all clap along sort of a way, but I, I think it's going to be a bit of a, an experience that's going to kind of bring everybody together. That's what I'm hoping for, anyways. Join Eliza Carthy for Arms Wide Head Back Look Forward on the 6th to the 8th of November. The Songs for the Voiceless album launch is on the 6th of November, featuring Bella Hardy, who I spoke to, alongside Jackie Oates, The Youngins, Gilmore and Roberts, Tom Oakes, Matt Downer and Michael J. Tinker. Martin and Eliza Carthy perform with support from Mary Hampton on the 7th of November and finally the Arms Wide Orchestra, which comprises the Reformed Devils Interval, Emily Portman, Jim Causley and Lauren McCormick, plus Eliza herself, Olivia Cheney, Lisa Knapp, Davok Brady, Simon Richmond and Lawrence Hunt with support from Katie in the Kettle and that's on the 8th of November all concerts in the rather glorious setting of Hall 1 we had too much material for one podcast so please return for a second part looking further at this series I'm Ben Eshmade and you've been listening to a King's Place podcast for more details about these events and ticket links please visit kingsplace.co.uk forward slash Eliza thanks for listening <laughs>